Welcome to Navigating Education, the podcast, episode 19. The topic today is EdTech coaching and making learning stick. And I have a guest with me today, and her name is Debbie Tenenbaum, and she is a elementary school technology specialist from Virginia. She's been an educator for over 20 years, and she supports both staff and students by integrating technology into instruction for both co-teaching classes and weekly technology classes. She emphasizes with uh, students working collaboratively with, ed with educators and technology tools to amplify student learning and empower student voice. She also blogs and shares her thoughts and reflections at her website at tenenbaumtech.com. And in May 2021, her book, Transform, Techie Notes That Make Learning Stick Sticky, was published by Road to Awesome LLC. Welcome. Thank you to being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I mean, I think everyone that has been on Edu Twitter um, has seen your blogs and seen you kind of present at all these conferences, seen your book. I mean, you're everywhere right now. So it's great to have you on. And also too, is you're a collaborator for Amplify uh, a Global Collaborative, which is a book that I have um, with Becky Lynn that is coming out in late 2021 or possibly early 2022. And you wrote the engagement chapter. So um, it's definitely just exciting to talk to you more, get to know you a bit and uh, just learn about your coaching and philosophy and uh, your strategy. So let's get started and tell us kind of, tell us a little about your journey. What's your context in education right now as a coach? Um, how did you get there? And what does your day-to-day -day job look like? Well, I joke that my day-to-day -day job looks different every couple of weeks. <laughs> um, but essentially, I am an elementary school tech coach. I just finished my third year in that role um, two days ago. And um, I in that role, it's kind of changed depending on the time. Uh, in its essence, before COVID, my, I worked to help support teachers and um, students using technology tools. So sometimes that would be as part of the special schedule, I would work with like K to three and help them find ways to be creators as they were working on the curriculum. And then with grades four through six, I would go in and I co-teach with teachers. So that way we were getting that embedded PD model, which I really believe is best practice and working with them that way. Um, during COVID, my role has kind of, I feel like I've done a little bit of everything. At first we were in virtual learning. So I was doing a lot of support with co-teaching with that. Um, then we went to concurrent and, you know, I had to really kind of be that person to help everyone manage that technology. Um, so it's been a little bit of everything, um, but I love my job. I love working with the teachers at my school. I love, I, I've been really um, a big person using technology um, for almost 20 years. I discovered technology my first year in teaching. Um, teaching was kind of hard for me at the beginning. It wasn't all unicorns and rainbows. And when I found technology, it kind of just changed everything for me. And when I started to, you know, really explore it, um, the students were just engaged in new ways. And back then, I remember we were using Scholastic and we were sharing things about like the African-American Hall of Fame and they loved it. And so I went and I got my master's back in 2002. Um, and technology. And since then, I've just been really interested. I've gone through so many different iterations. I've been through clickers and smart boards and, you know, and everything. And, and now we're in one-to-one. -one. And this is actually my second school district that I've been, I've gone one-to-one -one with. 
but it's just been a, a really amazing journey. And, you know, I joke that I was always into technology, but I didn't discover Twitter till 2017. So it's definitely been interesting, but since I discovered Twitter, everything's kind of changed and I've being a connected educator is definitely one of the best things I've ever done. No, for sure. And I can attest to that, the edgy Twitter being connected, that's really amplified my practice and my voice. And I can really, you know, attest to that. And it's also really interesting to talk about how you have seen technology change over the course from, you know, the early 2000s until now, um, just seeing all the different trends and what people were doing in the classrooms and uh, seeing that evolution over time. So you so you have a lot of experience with just seeing a lot of iterations. And that kind of leads me to this question is that uh, when you're coaching teachers, there's certain teachers that may be more reluctant. Everyone's on a different continuum regarding their ability to integrate technology or their mindset. And since you've been so been through so many iterations, some teachers may ask like, oh, it's another thing that we need to put into our instruction, a new application. Oh, it's just another thing to do. And how can we, I know that since we've had this crazy past 15 months, we're moving more towards full in-person instruction most places. And I feel like there's gonna be some reluctancy coming back, you know, we're in person, don't want to use the tech as much. So how can we, you know, coach teachers and push a little bit back towards that and kind of, you know, try and push forward regarding integrating um, instructional strategies with technology? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with relationships. And if I have to say one thing that was really good about the past 15 months is that I feel like the teachers at my school, we really formed close relationships because we were in this emergency thing where we all, everybody needed a technology person. I joke that I don't know how much I slept in March and April. I don't really remember them. It's kind of a blur. Um, but I really feel like even teachers at my school who I, who were a little bit technology reluctant, I've seen so much growth in them because I was really able to, we had this wonderful experience last summer where we were able to do two weeks where we did choice PD sessions mm -hmm. and teachers came and instructional assistants came and it was just amazing. And then when we were done, I ex explained to my principal how we could use Edpuzzle and we set it all up so they could watch it asynchronously if they had missed the live. Mm -hmm. All of that work really paid off because this fall when we went all virtual, teachers and instructional assistants, they all knew how to use that stuff, but they also, because we had worked so much together over the summer, they were like, oh, can you come in while I try this? And so it really created this openness, which I think is really important because just like with our students, we have to build those relationships. It's, it's just as important as a coach. Yeah. And, 100%. No, I agree with you. And one of the things that I found that was interesting is when we came back in the building, teachers felt like they had these messages being sent to them that they couldn't use the technology. And so we would see packets versus using computers. And what it really made me think about is how we're using that technology. We're going one-to-one -one next year, officially, even though we were one-to-one -one this year. And I really think, and I talked to my administration about this, I don't really think my teachers have a clear understanding of what blended learning is. Mm -hmm. And blended learning doesn't just mean using computers. And I think that they, it really has to be intentional because if we're really and truly intentional, I talk a lot in my book, which I know we'll talk about later, about if you're not using technology in a way that amplifies or enhances instruction, then you shouldn't use the technology. We don't use technology for the sake of using technology. 
But instead, if there's something we can do with technology that's going to help our students, then we want to use it. So something as simple as Pear Deck. Well, if we can get every student to respond and hear from every student versus four students who might raise their hand, yep. that's a great use of technology. And so really going through that with teachers and making sure that they understand that. And I know teachers are tired right now. And so, you know, as a coach, I'm sure you understand, like teachers don't want to hear anything right now, but I'm hoping yeah. teachers are going to take some time some this summer and rest and then come back ready to really do this work because we can't go back to no tech. And we also can't use all tech. It's really about that balance. And I think that that's just so important because if we don't have that, the technology is not going to do anything. I talk a lot of times about the idea of a treadmill. You can have a treadmill in your basement, but if you don't know how to use it, it's just going to sit there and collect clothes. Same yeah, idea with the technology. 100%. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that when we're thinking about that ed tech integration is I always think of the SAMR model uh, mm -hmm. regarding like augmenting and modifying what we would be doing, even if we um, didn't have the tech. So mm -hmm. I, I, I 100% agree with you with, you know, using something like Pear Deck, Mirapod, Edpuzzle. I mean, there's so many different instructional strategies like Recall. Uh, you could do Think, Pair, Share with Pear Deck and Mirapod. You can do a lot of great strategies that can, uh, you know, have overt and covert engagement in our classrooms. And I'm I, one thing that I really uh, noticed what you said is, is that a lot of teachers now are at least, they're not beginners they're novices or they're moving more towards, you know, higher levels of efficacy regarding technology. So my hope is, even though there may be some uh, sense of reluctiveness or just a move back, maybe since a lot of people are already are getting, are used to this, they've been doing it for a lot of time, then maybe it's not gonna be as much um, pushback or moving backwards as we think. So um, yeah. let's, let's move to the next thing I wanna ask you is just that, um, you said in 2017, you joined Twitter and yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about your personal story, um, in education. Now you talk about that in your book a little bit and what has given you kind of a lot of the confidence to present at all these conferences, to blog almost every day, and then to write your book and be a part of these projects. Well, it's interesting because I joined Twitter in 2017 and I really just, I might, I was, I, I didn't lurk, but I participated. And when I became a tech coach in 2018, I decided that I had to try to start doing Twitter chats because I had to model what I expected my teachers to do, even if I was nervous about it. And through Twitter chats, I ended up in a book club. And that book club was run by Sam Fesich, excuse me, can't talk. And she was asking people what their websites were. And I remember thinking I didn't have a website. And so I started playing around with different platforms. And as I was playing around with those platforms, I thought I had created something I liked and I sent it to her and I was like, is this worth it? And she goes, oh my God, this is so great. You have a story that's different than everybody else's and you need to share it with the world. Mm -hmm. And that's how my blog really came into creation. And when I first started in 2019 in February, it was kind of just like me sharing reflections on what I was doing with my students. Um, it, it's really evolved a lot since then. In late 2019, I guess in mid 2019, I went to ISTE um, in Philadelphia and it was the first time in uh, like 20 years that I had done anything like that where I was pretty much like on my own. 
going to things, really taking risks and doing things that I hadn't previously done before. And I came home and I was like, I am no longer going to be afraid to do things. I'm going to really push my limits and I'm going to see what I can do. And in 2020, I decided my one word for the year was challenge. And my goal was to challenge myself to do things that were that scared me. So one of my goals was to write a book. One of my goals was to present more. Um, you know, I, I'm still working on this whole challenge and getting my and working on my personal fitness and health. But I really wanted to work on these things. I wanted to start reading every day. I wanted to write more regularly. And so in 2020, I really worked on that. And yes, there were those two months that I don't really remember, but it really made a difference. And once conferences went virtual, suddenly a barrier was lifted. Mm -hmm. I have four children. Traveling to conferences is expensive. Yeah. But suddenly I could go to all of these things virtually. And at first when I started applying, I was like, what do I have to lose? The worst thing they can say is no, and I can't do it. And honestly, to this day, I've only had two conferences say no to me, which I think is pretty good. Um, but you know, I, I list out the conferences. I kind of joke, it's my goal to see if I can get a star in every state virtually, um, but I love it. I really have just, I love working with educators and I love helping them discover what I've discovered. And I've met so many amazing people in this past year, yeah. both through presentations, through live streams, through just connections in general. And I'm just not afraid anymore. And in 2021, I, I don't, I think you and I both know Lindsay Titus, correct? Mm -hmm. yes, I did I her course about just igniting your legacy. And that really just helped me further cement all of this work. My word for this year's transformation. This year, my book came out. Um, uh, one of the things I wanted to do was present at ISTE. I didn't get in on the first round, but now I have a couple of playgrounds coming up. So it's just really, it's just, you sometimes you have to keep pushing through even if that first time isn't successful. And honestly, when I'm doing that collaboration with you, when I first reached out to you, I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. When you wrote back and said I was part of it, I was like, what? <laughs> I was so excited because, you know, I'm just going for it. And it's just so neat to see all of these things happen. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that your story is really empowering and it can empower a lot of educators who may have been reluctant in the past with connecting on, you know, social media and Twitter, but also, you know, taking their goals and putting them into action from writing your blog to, you know, just taking all these presentations and putting yourself out there. And, and I think that a lot of us is just, just taking that initial risk of putting yourself out there and ultimately um, seeing what happens. I think if we have something to offer, which you do, I think that a lot of times people will come back and say, hey, yeah, we, we would love to have you part of the project or present or write a book, you know? And I think that also just what I want to mention is it, it builds a rhythm. It builds kind of like a wave. And as we go further and further, it, 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 it kind of accumulates. And then I think for us, it gives us confidence to yeah. um, do those things. So I really do appreciate that. And hopefully for our listeners, that inspires you. And then moving into uh, just our last few questions is that what are some of your um, best practices for coaching? I know that you talk about relationships, but what are maybe like two things that you can provide our listeners to help them in their coaching, whether they're teacher leaders or their instructional coach or a principal or district instructional leader? I think that the biggest thing, and you talked about this earlier, is that idea that we have to do something new. 
And I, when I work with teachers, I really try, we have to start with the pedagogy first. What are we trying to teach? And when I'm coaching them, I'm helping them find ways to have the technology do something that in a different way than what some, the way they already did it. And so sometimes it is just the smallest little tweak that's really effective. It's not about learning every tech tool in the world. It's about learning the tech tool that's going to best help you reach your instructional goals. And so when I'm working with teachers, it's never about, okay, I'm going to teach you Pear Deck or Flashcard Factory or whatever it is. It's what are we, what are you learning? And then finding that proper match with a tech tool that's going to amplify the learning. And sometimes there isn't that match. And then maybe that's not a good lesson for us to do that in. So I think it's just super important. I, you know, I notice sometimes my teachers will go, well, so you did so-and-so in, you know, somebody else's room. I want to do that too. And I was like, well, we're, let's talk about what the kids are learning and continuing to go back to the technology as a way to enhance learning, not the, just using the technology. And it's not, I'm not coming in to teach you every tech tool. I'm coming in to teach you tech tools that are going to help your students learn. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that is that I, my philosophy is one, build a relationship two show the teachers that think less is more. You only need mm -hmm. probably two to, you know, two, maybe to five tools max, you know, to be successful. And then also I think in my coaching is three to show them that this could possibly make their life easier, like yeah. less work, more efficient. Um, and then also provide more opportunities for student learning and engagement. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you with all those things. And that's those are some great nuggets of information. So moving forward, let's talk before we get out of here a little bit about your book, Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky. So if you could give our listeners a little bit of a synopsis about the book and how to check out some more information about it, that'd be great. Sure. So transform actually is each of the letters stands for one of the chapters of the book. And so it really takes you through my personal journey. It talks about when I was transitioning and turning away from closed doors when I first started teaching. I had a horrible first year. And yet even in that horrible first year, I was able to find a way to turn things around and find a better place to be the follow, you know, later on. It talks, it talks about how I discovered technology like we talked about earlier in that first part. And then it talks about the 10 tools that I call my transform tech tools. They're the tools that I feel like give you opportunities you can't have without the tech that are really tools that you can use for any subject or age group. And they really do that you know, transformation or enhancing the learning for the students. And then after I share that in the first part, I talk about creation. I am a huge proponent of creation over consumption. I also um, am a big um, supporter of Project Zero's thinking routine, so I share a lot in that in that first in that first part of the book about creation. In the second part, I talk about empowerment. I talk about empowering our students, nurturing their agency. How I got my little kindergartners to be able to be more independent, and not my other students, and other ways that I empower student voice in my in my class and with my students. And then I turn a little bit towards educators. I, and I really talk about how you should, as an educator, seek connections beyond your school, how mm -hmm. you should find your PLN. And really talking about how we as teachers can connect with others and feel like we're part of something bigger. And then the end of the book really takes that next step. And it talks about offering your voice. It shares my journey starting a blog. It talks about how I started presenting 
it really shares some of the ways that I reach beyond my expectations. And the book kind of closes up with me talking about ways we can maximize learning. We've learned a lot of lessons in this past year. I have learned more watching some live streams than I have going to conferences. There's a lot of opportunities with virtual PD that I don't think any of us could have possibly imagined. I joked that before all this happened, I didn't even know what Zoom was. You know, things have changed. I've been able to connect with people all around the world because of this. And I'm a better educator from talking to them and you and everyone else. And so it really kind of tries to make you think about how can we take some of these lessons and really carry them forward. It's not about leaving it behind, but how can we take these lessons? A couple of weeks ago, we had a scientist who was telling our fifth graders about cicadas. Well, that's not something we just can do because you know, we can't have that person come. That's something that can happen anytime. So really looking at the technology to see what opportunities there are. And I'm just really excited about it being out. Um, it's definitely been a passion project and I was so excited. It actually released on my birthday, which was really cool. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah. I don't know how that happened. Love. No, that's funny. It's kind of, my book's actually releasing July 15th, the day after my birthday. So I don't know it, why that appears to have happened, but it's kind of <laughs> coincidental. It's kind of the gift to ourselves and the world, I guess, yeah. when books are released on their birthdays. Well, but it I was really... just funny because we didn't know how long it was going to take. And my publisher's like, it's going to take somewhere between 24 and 72 hours. And it took like 72 hours. So <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, no, totally. And I mean, thank you so much for providing that synopsis. It sounds like a great book. I know that um, it's making an impact. You're making an impact. So I really do appreciate you being here today. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, this um, definitely be uh, an episode that you will want to watch again and again with so many tidbits of information. So until next time, you can follow um, Debbie on Twitter and can you give you, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but can you talk a little bit about just about 10 seconds of where we can follow you and sure. keep up with you? So I'm pretty much everywhere at Tannenbaum Tech. I have my website, Tannenbaum Tech, and I'm also on all social media at Tannenbaum Tech. I even have a Facebook group now and my book you can find on Amazon. Plus there's a link on my website as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. And until next time, Everyone, please uh, take care of yourselves and then also navigate education for the, uh, into the future by applying what we're learning here to your practice. Have a good one, everyone.